0: From the Financial Times in London, I'm Emma Jacobs and this is FT News. Does extraordinary achievement have a dark side? Can you be driven while also content and of sound mind? I met Alistair Campbell, Tony Blair's former head of communications, who has spoken openly about his battle with depression, and Oliver James, a psychologist, to discuss this. I began by asking them whether success leads to mental health problems. I mean, when you've met all the politicians and sportsmen and so on, have you... Uh, have you met people that are just content, yet also happy and successful? And No. Have you? Not, no, no, absolutely. I'm right with Alistair on this.
1: I'm trying to think of something, mean, for example, you look at someone like Arsene Wenger, the Arsenal manager, I mean, just look at his face when he's watching a football game. Is he happy? He's absolutely racked. Mm-hmm. And he's, he, he actually said, you know, I think a lot of these people in the sport in particular, I think the fear of failure is far more driving than the joy they get from winning. My mother always used to say to me, when I was kind of, you know, restless and troubled and striving and whatever. of she said, why, why can't you just be content? And I would say, because I don't want to be content. Contentment, to me, is perilously close to complacency and not thinking there are things that you can do. And I think this point about happiness and mental illness, and I think the other thing we do too much is look up, all mental illness, Mm. as being necessarily terrible. Some of the greatest artists, musicians, writers... I wrote a book about winning recently, which was about sport, business and politics and what characteristics make somebody want to be a winner and be a winner. And I pointed out, if you take America's greatest president, in most people's eyes, was Lincoln. Britain's greatest prime minister, in most people's eyes, was Churchill. Charles Darwin, Florence Nightingale, Marie Curie. All people... Who had what we would define as mental illness. And I would argue that part of what they, when Charles Kennedy died, for example, and I can remember Shirley Williams and I were having a, doing a a tribute thing, and she said, if it hadn't have been for Charles's problem with alcohol, he could have been a great politician. (laughs) A truly great, and I said, well, hold on a minute, what made him the special politician that he is? is that he did have these flaws and these faults and these weaknesses that made him a more rounded person. So I don't think we should always see it as bad.
0: I take the view that the sort of people who are prepared to work incredibly hard, which you have to do to be successful, and who are very, very motivated, are a self-selected group of people who are at higher risk of suffering all sorts of problems. For instance, there is good evidence that the average chief executive in America is six times more likely to qualify for a diagnosis of psychopathy, Mm in other words, cold, callous, ruthlessness, uh, Machiavellianism, or indeed become president. Well, it is a bit of a case study at the moment. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, uh, Than the general population, only 1%, you know, versus 6% of CEOs. Uh, That's in the case of business, senior managers in this country—a good study showing they're much more likely to qualify for a diagnosis of narcissism. There was the more Machiavellian, you know, the triad of narcissism, psychopathy, and um, or sociopathy, perhaps, uh, and uh, and Machiavellianism. That triad, the dark triad, as it's called, is is much commoner in leaders. And so, you know, I, I I think it's people get it the wrong way around. I mean, of course, there are exceptions where the talent is the key thing, but the talent itself in most cases, only results from 10,000 hours of practice, in the case of piano players, as we know, chess players, or whatever. So, you know, in most cases, exceptional achievement is the product of exceptional motivation and drive and hard work. But if you see your kids striving for success, how do you guide them, do you think? How do you stop them becoming unhappy? Uh, you know, my son wants to be a premiership footballer and my daughter wants to be a model, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> age 12 and 15, you know, so I completely failed. Um But I, I think, how do you deal with it? I think it's got to be about intrinsic rather than extrinsic motivation. So, mm. you, know, in, in, you know, you really would, you really might have crashed and burned if you hadn't been intrinsically motivated. I mean, a key question for you, in, you and your childhood would be, to what extent did you, Did your striving to succeed, your huge uh, skill at reading how words and behaviour will be seen, you know, was one of your great skills and not the only one, of course. You know, where did this come from? I would contend it must have come from you seeking a niche within your family and being able to convert that and, and you know, dealing with difficult experiences Mm. and feelings when you're very small and turning them into something very productive, but above all that it's intrinsic motivation. In other words, that it's driven by yourself, Mm. that it's self-motivated, self-determined.
1: I never felt pushed Mm. by my parents. I felt supported, but I didn't feel pushed. In fact, my, my mother especially was, was if anything, trying to stop me pushing myself because she felt it was unhealthy. Um, or she didn't understand it.
0: A great deal of high achievement is that somebody has managed, through various accidents of their family history, to channel... And David Bowie, I wrote a book about called Upping Your Ziggy about, about David Bowie, the idea that all of us have a Ziggy within us, so to speak, and that it, he embraced his madness, the fear of madness that came from his family. He had three psychotic aunts, yeah. a, a half-brother who committed suicide... And this all very preoccupied him with the greatest songs and the, great, the period of his greatest mm. music, in most people's opinion. He embraced it through this character of Ziggy Stardust, who, who, who life-imitating art. So he tried to live out that yeah. problem that he felt he had, that he, was, he knew he was exceptional. He knew from always mm. that he was going to be famous and amazing. He just didn't know how he was going to handle it. Mm. And he actually handled it through inventing this character. And all of us can learn from that. The perso- that,
1: that, that whole thing about creativity, I think, is incredibly important. I'm not comparing myself remotely to David Bayer or Ziggy Stardust, <laughs> but my. My Favorite. my, No, my, the first novel I wrote, called All in the Mind, was. Mm. Uh, it, it's about my depression, my psychosis, my drink problem, but I'm putting them into different people. Yes. To, and then, and it ends with a suicide. Mm. And I, I think it's mm. the suicide that I. Could have done. Could have done. Yeah. And, 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 and in a way, I'm doing it, mm. but I'm keeping going.
0: only from rustolium